Okay, welcome to this week's episode of Life As We Know A Podcast, episode 23, and holy shit, this episode is gold. Um, we had a, a good friend of ours that we haven't talked to in years, Russell Lohman, and he brought the fucking knowledge today. Um, so seriously, when you get your notepads out, because this episode blew my mind, and I can't wait to have him back on the podcast. Uh, enjoy. Boom. We are live. live. Welcome to the show, Russell. Hurts. Don't Welcome be Welcome to the show, Russell. Loman. Welcome to the show. Yeah, so just for those who are listening and those who are watching, we are doing our first time episode Skype. So not in person. This is going to be very interesting. I'm glad everything is working out right now. Yeah, but, we're really far away. Yeah, we're, you're like in... Uh, South Carolina? I'm in North Carolina, but the western part, so up in the mountains. It was about, it's about, it was like a seven hour drive from here to Lejeune when I was over there. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so if anybody, no one knows, I don't know why I'm saying this, but me and Russell, we uh, we go back, same with Pat. We were all in the Marines together, uh, ready first, Aces Wild, first platoon, Alpha Company. And oh, yeah. uh, loved being there so much. <laughs> and uh, one, I'm just gonna bring this back just to you know, you know, break the ice. But I have a fond memory of you. Tell me. Um, one time, when I was coming back to my room, I noticed that my mattress was not on my bed, and it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't in the room. And then I looked. And it was wedged inside of my wall locker. I'm like, who the fuck did this? And then you come around the corner like, uh, fuck you, boo. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. It was a uh, thanks, man. I did my best. I think <laughs> I knew even at that time. Um, I didn't take everything too seriously, you know, even whenever yeah. I was yeah. I was there because I was like, this shit sucks. Everybody knows it sucks. Nobody wants to be here. So I don't know why half of you were taking it so seriously. You know? Yeah. So, uh, you know, when it came to my portion of the hazing uh, you know i tried to keep it fun you know like the chocolate cookie race oh um, shit oh my god i completely forgot about race. <laughs> dude holy shit that was before you got yeah, there it was right before i knew about that though they dude, told me about that when i have got. not thought about that since you guys have left i completely <coughs> forgot you want to give them the rundown now you want to tell a story now you remember it oh shit yeah, yeah. i think it'd be funnier from your perspective okay honestly. um so what i remember was I was 19 years old and I got like alcohol hazed a little bit with a couple of like the first years. And I remember like, it was snowing and they took, you guys took us to like a football field, the annex or something or some park. Yeah, it was me. It was just me. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't that. And, so was uh, like, we'll have to come with me. Yeah. And then like you had a pack of Oreos and you're like, okay, so <laughs> if anybody's seen blue mountain state, I know you, you have to wedge the Oreo up your ass <laughs> and run across, across the lawn. And then if the cookie falls out or you lose the race, you have to eat your cookie. I remember we raced like three times because we couldn't decide on who the winner was. And dude, I swear to God, I won like three times. But on the <laughs> fucking last race, my fucking cookie fell out. I didn't put it deep enough. Oh, I had to eat the cookie. So it, wouldn't even, it wasn't just like one person ate the cookie. Like, no, just if you just kept doing it, everybody kept saying. <laughs> and then like forever, like I remember Grimes, he was always like, Ham, you eat your fucking shit covered cookie. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. But I mean, that's the kind of hazing that's fun to remember and even oh, talk yeah. about. Yeah, for sure. Instead of the stupid shit that's like, uh, yeah, they just kind of made me take off my pants and 
they beat me up. You know that. You know that's that's not fun to talk about. You don't tell your friends about that. You know. So, I, was, I was setting up for the future for this conversation. So. Yeah. Um, dude, how was um? I know we have some other things we want to talk about, but I'm just gonna go this way. But how was how was your experience getting out? Because you got out two years, I guess, before us, and we've already been out for two years. Um, and I know personally, my experience with the transition, it was it was interesting to say the least, so. Yeah, so I was, uh, at the time I was married, like any good uh, first time Marine should be. Uh, so. You were um, married? No, you're not married anymore then, I'm taking? Not anymore, but I was, yeah. I didn't even know you got married. Yeah, you remember that girl that, um, I was oh, dating her like think, the last yeah. six months. I there. think I remember now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's terrible. Really. Terrible. <laughs> uh, no, actually I feel bad. I was more terrible. Part of the transition was, was for me. Yeah. Obviously. Well, I guess that's most, all the transitions, right? They're all kind of personal. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And you know, and, and people have a hard time with that. Some people don't make it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, uh, for me, the transition was, it was a lot of introspection because I had to remember what it was like to be a civilian and also have all of my opinions and things like that uh, held to a different standard, you know, of respect generally. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I also had to find that I had to also respect everyone around me, not only because they were doing the same for me, but also because you know, the Marine Corps has a standard that it holds everybody to. Yeah. And it's a, you know, deontological standard, right? That's, uh, this is what a good Marine and a good man should be. And if you're not this, you're a pussy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm going to make fun of you and my friends are going to make fun of you. Yeah. And then you'll conform, right? A lot of public so, shaming, yeah. Uh, getting out of that and realizing I held everyone to that standard myself still, you know. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, I, I, I would just, in you know, intrinsically not like small people or or uh, going into college i waited a year before i went into college because i opened a hobby shop yeah and uh when i went into college i realized that i had an, a tremendous amount of prejudice towards college kids because yeah. i was like so, These so did i man can i cuss yeah. huh? can i cuss can yeah, i cuss yeah yeah, yeah go ahead yeah. Is oh, like, you, can, you can say yeah, you can say just about this, whatever you can want. Say anything. Fuck. Yeah. Because like, I just got done masturbating and it felt really good. Yeah, we yeah. we have talked about every like we talk we've talked about sucking our own, own dick multiple own dicks, times. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can't reach. I yeah. get <laughs> <laughs> Yo, can you do me one favor? Is that is that um the whatever rooms behind you is really bright? So yeah. if, you, if you could shut that so the contrast uh, the the light balance. Damn, I thought it was sunny during the day there. No, or during the night. Yeah. Uh Okay. See it out now. The room gets all nice. There we go. Cool. Um, yeah. And when when I got out, I'll just go quickly over this. It was kind of like, you know how? I mean, in the Marines, I was drinking heavily over the weekend. Every single weekend, I just looked forward to that. And then yeah. you know, Monday through Friday, it was very structured. I just focused on you know doing what my day to day tasks. And then that first like few months of just like freedom of no responsibility, I like pretty much abused the shit out of it. And I just went down this huge drinking binge. And then, like you said, it was a lot of like reflection into like my, who I am and where I want to be and what do I think about the world. And then finally I was like, I need to like fix myself. Cause like you have that self entitlement that you're talking about where you're just like, fuck, I, d- I deserve better than this. And you expect it just to fucking happen when you get out. 
but then the world's like yeah go fuck yourself and it's it's not like that yeah yeah you know? yeah it, it was really i don't know i just had to assess things i was so i didn't even realize how kind of brainwashed i'm still learning i'm still realizing how um you know let's let's leave it all out there when it comes to the marine corps it was the greatest thing that I've ever done and also the worst mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh-huh. I agree. Uh, you know, never in my life have I done anything as important as that. Yet the culture, which is necessary to forge people, uh, forge kids that are rebellious in today's society, especially. Yeah. And to take them and say, okay, you have to listen to my orders without question and you have to be able to throw your life away and we're going to completely redefine everyone's uh, this is where the brainwashing comes in we're going to completely redefine everyone's uh, priority list or, or standards whenever it comes to what is positive and what is a negative trait and what makes you the most popular you know because yeah. really what they do is they put like self-sacrifice at the top of that list and obedience at like the top of that list mm-hmm which kind of it flips on its heels the idea of any type of creativity or individuality, right? Which uh, I didn't even realize were so important to me. Uh, I think even whenever I was in, I was choosing to express that in different ways, but I realized that uh, individually my personality is very much not suited towards the Marine Corps. (laughs) Uh, But um, despite that, I wear the fucking shirts and you know I, I yeah. tell people that I loved it and I'll fight somebody if they disrespect yeah. uh, the flag or anything like that uh, it's necessary it's a necessary condition uh, to have to go through all that and I think talking about this is good because again I, I, there's been three Marines in three weeks that I've known um, you know that lost the battle mm-hmm. and uh, you know 21 a day figure is, a, is, is real and I think the, being in the Marine Corps, you start to see it because you, you you start to see on Facebook everybody you know people that you knew or people that you knew that knew someone yeah. that happening to and, and the longer that you stay out, the more that I notice. But I feel like Ain't, that's if, that's the fucking truth, dude. And that's really yeah. like, sad to say because I don't know how often like my Facebook feed, seeing that I have a lot of vets on it, that it's like you know Lance Corporal or Corporal or uh-huh. Sergeant, someone you know took their life, and it's like goddamn. Yeah. Another it one? catches you off guard. It's like a, it's that reality check hits you because you're like like kind of what you're talking about. We're trucking along, adjusting the civilian world, making everything we can, and then it's just like fuck. You see that on your news your news feed, and it just like it hits home every single time. Yeah, it's yeah. hitting home for me right now. Just thinking about it, goddamn. Yeah, no, for real. I mean, big time. And I think what it does. I don't know about everybody else's psychology, but for me, I say, like, I don't know. For me, what's the first thing I think of? I'm like, whoa. How depressed am I? Exactly. You yeah, know, no, like, I've, like, no, 100%. I, am I going to kill myself? You know, I, I like, I think about those things and, and where I am and, and who I am. And, you know, I, at the end of the day, I think everybody's depressed, to be honest yeah. with you. Um, everybody is. That's the world that we live in. You know, everybody goes to sleep at night and, and wishes for more. There's a certain longing inside of them for something, yeah. right? And that longing has to be filled. Uh, in some way, and I think the reason why we have this problem, and I, and I think it's present big time in, in the Marine Corps for the Marine Corps, and that's just because the whole brainwashing process yeah. that they can't really cope with the change in priority. Mm-hmm. They can't people Marines can't uh, 
make that shift to say, okay, that stuff actually isn't important. And I, mm-hmm. you know, or actually it is important, but in the context, you know, they, they can't yeah. really separate the fact that that needed to happen yet isn't real. Right. Yeah. And, and that that's hard. And then they, they run into that longing. And the truth is, is that longing is really hard to fill. Uh, a lot of a lot of us that joined the Marine Corps, there was a longing for something. Yeah. There was a longing for adventure rather than a mundane, trivial life. Uh, so we joined the Marine Corps, and then we forgot that we had a longing because mm-hmm. we were so fucking occupied. You know, we had to do shit every moment of every day. And uh, and if we if we tried to even display the fact that we were depressed or had a longing, you were obviously shunned, made fun of, etc. Yeah. So you're brainwashed into not even addressing your own internal feelings. Um, again, all of this is necessary. It's not. It's not inherently bad. It's required for creating the greatest mm-hmm. war fighting, you know, company in the world. Um, I mean, you're speaking you're some speaking like some major truths right, right now. And right I, now. I, I, completely I completely agree on everything you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, somehow I'm getting some fever. Like I hear myself through your camera. Oh, <laughs> not anymore. No, I'm good. Do you hear that? Yeah. No, you're good. It um, could be. I could mess with my gain if if it's a problem. No, it's good now. It was just like for a second I heard myself come through, but um. I feel like a sponge, dude. You're just talking, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. You're saying some really good stuff because I, yeah, I, I do know, like, just trying to speak personally, like, for about from my perspective, that there are a lot of things that I cared about in the Marine Corps that it was important for me to let go because I knew if I tried to stick to those, I guess, cultural um, structures or forces that were at that, you know, like that held my life together while I was in the Marines. If I used the same culture in a civilian sense, it was, uh, it didn't work. You know, it wasn't very effective for what I was trying to do or where, where I was trying to go. And, um, it, like you said, it just, it took a lot of me looking into myself and, you know, taking the time to realize like where I want to be. I don't know. No, see, no, like me, I don't, I don't feel like I embrace the civilian world really until I moved to Arizona. So I moved to Arizona from Jersey back in March. So that was about a year and a half after I got out or almost two years. But going back home to Jersey, I feel like uh, I went back to my hometown. So it brought, I wasn't able to escape. I feel like I had that longing like you had brought up um, and it subsided for the longest period of time. Like that, that was a great like uh, revelation you just brought up. Um, and then I guess the longing kind of honestly brought me out here to a certain extent. Um, and it really, I guess I still have it, but when I moved out here, it's like, okay, I don't know anybody or anything besides ham and Jimmy out here. That was it. So it was like, this is your world now. You know, there was nothing from my past here with me. So I think it really gave me a chance to like rebuild my foundation and I'm still rebuilding it, but you know, I like the direction that it's going, but making this power move back out of my hometown was critical I think in my transition without yeah. me even knowing it mm-hmm. yeah and I think a lot of times stuff like that just hits you in the face we you don't see it coming right because you can't intrinsically mm-hmm. because if you could see it coming then you would already know about it and so that revelation would have already hit and hit you right yeah so that that, that the whole it, intrinsically you can't see it coming so there's always this point, right? And for me, it was the whole, like, the idea of stupid college kids, because I felt intelligent in the Marine Corps, yet, and, you know, we would always say, oh, they're idiots. Everybody goes to college, yeah. you know? This is true. Everybody goes to college. Most people these days yeah. 
graduate high school and go to college. The ones yet, you know, we have tons of famous people in the world that are successful, you know, high school dropouts and things. And to me, I always thought, hey, you know, it's because they knew how to grab life by the balls and not waste their time and their money. Because then you got kids graduating college mm. in debt and still get jobs at McDonald's. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I mean, that's a whole other conversation in itself because yeah, yeah, I, I definitely so, don't agree um, that like college but, is... You know, I, so I had this idea that uh, college kids are, are dumb. Mm. It wasn't until, and then, and guess what? My prejudice was perpetualized because college kids are dumb. It's true, but Marines are dumb. Yeah. And what I didn't realize is just people are dumb. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> yeah. True, 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 true. true. Is dumb, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't come from an elitist position. I think that perhaps being dumb is a, a better, more fulfilling life. If, if you, uh, Aristotle said something to the effect of intelligence and knowledge is suffering, right? Because the more you know, the more you understand, mm-hmm. uh, the position of suffering and pain and such and all. I like that. Um, how, how does that go? One more time. Intelligence. Uh, it's it's either um, it, it's basically either knowledge or intelligence. He would say both. I'm not sure what the actual quote is, but knowledge and intelligence are suffering. Right. It, hmm. that, that again, the more you know, the more you yeah. know about the injustices of the world, etc. Yeah. So especially as. Uh, we move towards a higher level of intelligentsia or intelligentsia um, as a people, uh, you know, the world, Mm -hmm. and we all become interconnected. Uh, I think we all are suffering more in this age because we're starting to notice all the things that are unfair, right? Mm -hmm. All the things that just don't work. And that it used to be, I don't think people were educated enough, nor were they exposed to other cultures as much through Mm -hmm. uh, things like the Marine Corps that bring people together. And, uh, you know, they have the troop, they would get troops from, when I went to advanced infantry course, there were Hungarians and some shit like that there. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, but in, in schools, obviously, foreign exchange, we have like, tons of foreigners that, that are here every uh, every year and, and that I get exposed to. And I just think that that wasn't, that's a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so all this exposure is when you start to say, man, the world sucks, you know? It, mm-hmm. It's nationalism and more brainwashing that, uh, you know, throughout thousands of years made people feel more comfortable than yeah. they actually are. Yeah, I, so I think you can see- with the reality, I think you can see that, like, um, especially, you know, in our generation that there's this exposure, you know, that's available now for a lot for us, which just um, the advancements of technology and whatnot. But there's also like this huge amount of ignorance where, you know, kids just have no fucking clue what does go on in the world and what is important to actual life. And they, you know, you now we got all these like. I don't want to say snowflakes. It could be a novelty yeah. almost now with yeah, like I, social media and stuff. What's important yeah. or what, you know, proposed is important to us could be a novelty um, unless you really look at stuff. And I think you need to be able to interact with people. Like you need to be self-aware with yourself. And once you start interacting with people, um, like on a personal level, then you kind of start seeing where you stand and how other people like view the world and stuff. Like I learned like, cause I do sales, like in, interacting with people, has really changed my perspective of people, you know? Um, yeah. And I can pick up pretty quickly, like, if somebody's fucking bullshitting. Well, yeah, and, and then and you like, have... You know, like, 
Yeah, go ahead. Well, you have a lot of kids now that don't really interact with people. You know, right. one of the reasons why we started this podcast is because, and I've said this a thousand times, is, you know, it forces us to look at each other eye to eye and speak, you know, not through texting, not through, yeah. um, I, granted, we're using Skype. So obviously I'd rather do it in person, but I have yeah. to sit here and everything you say, I'm, you know, I'm devoting myself to listen to what you're saying. And, you know, um, on a I guess a spiritual growth and a mental growth doing this podcast has, you know, helped me progress a lot yeah. just because, yeah. you know, exposing myself to, to, you know, raw characters instead Being of vulnerable. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just, you know, like a text message or reading it. Yeah. You, and you're hitting home for me because I, again, this is, I think this, a certain spiritual, like you put it, uh, a certain spiritual, uh, exploration and discovery is, is required because you have to kind of recheck your mind and be like, wait, who am I? Right? Not not who the Marine Corps tried to make me. Who am I? And what do I value? And that's mm-hmm. necessary. Yeah. And so I think you with the podcast, I obviously had my stream for a long time. I still have it technically, but I haven't been streaming for a little while. And I think that's just because honestly, I did that in the Marine Corps and when I was married to my ex. And so I, I kind of, I don't know, there's a psychological like connection there that yeah. it leads me to this place that I don't like. Um, but my philosophy degree obviously is something that I, uh, that's my way of exploring that spiritual journey. And, yeah. and I, every time that I talk to somebody, I try to really talk to them. Mm-hmm. And I find that I just don't enjoy hanging out with people that can't actually talk. Mm-hmm. And what do I mean by talk? You know, you know, it's, it's yeah. not hey how was the game man this beer is my favorite beer you know it's like tell me something that matters tell me about your life uh, and that that leads to a whole nother thing why why do we want that that connection um well the, the reason is because we're finally kind of getting over ourselves mm-hmm. it's a certain level of empathy that's required um and uh empathy is something that, again we don't really have in the marine corps yeah. but empathy oh. you know feeling and knowing other people uh being able to understand why someone else is important, that's when I started to learn, hey, these some of these college kids, I never really finished that idea, I didn't mean to just say every, everybody's dumb. Yeah. I mean to say that uh, some of these college kids are very intelligent, you yeah. know? And, and, and what about the ones that are dumb, and what is dumb? Mm-hmm. Um, is it less knowledge? What, what did I mean when I said college kids were dumb? It's not that they knew less about knowledge itself or inherently new yeah less like facts right it, yeah. it, what i was saying is they didn't have experience they didn't have perspective mm-hmm. uh, they didn't have all they did is lived in their whole little world of education and never left uh and, and but there's plenty of people at college that have that um but it's rooted in empathy and and that was a type of empathy for me to understand to be like wait it's actually not their fault they just went to school and then went to college i'm not better than them for that yeah because initially that's what i did my first six months of college i was like same pretty much like saying you know uh, saying this whole like uh oh yeah you know we're equal but it was like i didn't think that in my heart you know and now i realize that exposure is everything you know let's talk about boy soldiers in afghanistan right yeah um Freaking so Taliban for those who don't know Talib means man of faith 
um, and on is just a plural form in, in Pashto. So Taliban literally means man or men of faith. And of course they claimed that as their name, right? They, yeah. they, they tried to basically hijack Islam to help their cause. Uh, and you know, regular Islam, normally Islam is peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a great thing and I respect any and all uh, Muslims. Mm-hmm. But, uh, well, I suppose it's not any and all. I suppose it's not the Taliban. <laughs> yeah. You know, anyway. <laughs> you know, I like what you're saying a, a lot. And yeah. um, the, the empathy that you're talking about, you know, when I got out, I was definitely closed off. And opening myself to the idea that there's a lot of different perspectives in this world and then committing myself to when I speak with someone that maybe I don't necessarily agree with them, but I can try, you know, like I feel like when you, when you're talking with someone and you are 100% committed to actually listening to what they're saying, you're putting yourself in a position where you're trying to live in their shoes and understand their ideas. And it doesn't necessarily mean you have to agree with everything they say, but you can at least understand their thought process behind it. And ever since I've kind of made that switch in my mind to where, when I see someone or that, you know, right off the back, if I get upset or like, you know, it triggers me or I'm like, why the fuck would you do that? You know, it just doesn't make sense. Then I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me put myself in the, their shoes. Let's hear <laughs> and try to feel what they're going through. Maybe I can understand that point of view to, you know, yeah. further grow myself. That then, question yeah. is the beginning of all things. And I think it should be asked after just about any encounter that contains any form of like, I didn't really like that. Why didn't you like it? Yeah. You know, like really, why, why, why you're just mad? Why? Um, I have to talk to my girlfriend all the time now about like getting mad at other people in, in cars for driving poorly. I said, I say the average people don't drive well. Our job is to just kind of survive. Right. Mm-hmm. But we just have to realize that whenever we go out, there's going to be people all around that are going to be driving poorly. So we need to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Now, when you yell at them in your car, can they hear you? No. No. You know, so what's the point? Does it make you feel better about yourself? You know, and okay, cars, are, cars then, are one of those. Well, then you got to ask. Then you got to ask why does it make you feel better about yourself, right? Yeah. I think if the, if the answer is just venting, then I guess it's okay. Mm-hmm. But I think it's I, I don't know how I feel about that because again, it comes down to uh, an Epicurean philosophy, which is um, if you cannot change something, then yourself. What can you change? You have to separate everything in your life. What can you change? And what can you not change? What do you have no effect on? And for anything that you can't change, regardless of how bad it is, if a lava storm comes down today, you can be like kind of upset about it, you know, but you can't really stress about it because you you couldn't change it. It was going to happen today regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, it's a serenity prayer, man. It's uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to, and know, the wisdom to know the difference. Exactly yeah. where the serenity. That's good. Good connection. Gotcha. That's exactly what it's feeding into is is uh, Epicurus, uh, one of the first Stoic philosophers. Um, but uh, you know, so she, these people can't hear her, and mm-hmm. then and then I say, oh, and then you know whatever. Her next argument was because she beeped at somebody, right? And she's like, well, they, they can hear me this time. And I said, yeah. <laughs> what do you think whenever someone beeps at you? Yeah. Do you go home, lay down in your bed and say, huh, I really fucked up driving. <laughs> I'm really upset that I made that person yeah. upset enough to beep it. Yeah, road rage uh, is I one of those so things. I so mad and I'm going to readdress the way that I drive. 
Uh-huh. Has anyone in history ever said that? No. No. What no. do you do? You get pissed. You say that person's in the wrong. Yeah, you and know, you end up fucking with them. Me? Yeah, you, you know? start break checking them and shit. Fucking with me. Yeah, so it's like, what are you accomplishing by beeping? Yeah. In fact, they're probably going to be pissed so much that they drive worse for the rest of their way home. Yeah. And if they're already a bad driver, now they're really liable to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. instead. What are you doing? You know, why are you really beeping? It's you just sad. want them to know you're mad. You know, respect it, me. It's sad because a lot of people, I think, live that way. Where not maybe not necessarily just the car thing, but just that whole philosophy where they just get so upset right off the back over things they have no control over. And mm. I feel like when you live like that, I mean, you're just in a waste of way. It just grinds at you. And, now you, and that's, I feel like a lot of our generation is going through that right now where they're just, that's, that, I they think get so upset so fast. It's the first layer of emotion though. If people can't see past happy or sad or angry or mad, like there's a lot more emotions below that level. But if yeah. your mind can't fathom the idea of, uh, being depressed or being anxious or being confused, like right, you know. Well, it is confusion, right? Is yeah. right. When that happens, they just don't know. And and part of it, I think, is is there's a lack of introspection. Again, when children agree. are born, hundred percent agree. When children are, bo- are born, what do they say all the time? The first thing that came to my head was Google Gaga. Well, okay. <laughs> After that, right? Uh, mama. Toddlers oh. say why, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that way? And you go, well, because of this. You yeah, know? yeah. Why? Well, because of this. And then what are they all told? To shut up and stop asking so many questions. Yeah. Right? And they're told that three, four, five. When you know, uh, you know, science has, has shown that that's some of the most influencing. Yeah. Times of the well, yeah. Life. I mean, what you're talking about is like the level of critical thinking is just dropping with you know that kind of thing if you're doing that with your kids you're not giving your kids the opportunity to actually critically think about situations yeah. and, and perhaps you're losing an opportunity to go deeper yeah. i mean the kid continues to ask why and what happens you don't really know the answer to his fourth or fifth question you know mm. why do we beep at other cars that's what happens why'd you beep at him and they're like oh stop asking so many questions you know what mm-hmm. i mean or, or or it's like because i was he 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 made a mistake on the road and the kid says why and and you know uh he goes i don't know because he he uh wasn't paying attention you know why and then at that point you don't know the answer anymore yeah right so you just you're like stop asking so many questions but really that's what you need to do you need to be like mm-hmm. why did he make a mistake on the road like really that's yeah. where it gets good right yeah. the kid's on to something right you're peeling the layers it, yeah it, it goes beyond the physical and it enters the mental realm, right? Where the so that's why children these days they're faced too much with the physical realm. They don't address the why of emotions or or things that have caused people to make these mistakes in their rearing process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, again, when I talk about unintelligent people or people being bad drivers, people being dumb, uh, it's not their fault, right? There's plenty of people that just don't have access to the same level of education. Is that their fault? No. Am I any better? For potentially knowing more words in books, no, yeah. you know, I'm just different. And the thing is, is you have to come to a level of respect. You have to understand that we're all people, and that there's beauty in that. There's beauty mm-hmm. in the fact that every time you cross paths with someone, when you go through the line at a shopping mall, and you and you check out at the register, and you know, hey, good morning, oh, thank you. You know, we go through this stupid little process of not really even addressing someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what, what everyone feels realizes that's one time in the history of your existence 
in the history of all of time, infinitatum, you and another soul, completely unique, are meeting, right? Two souls meet one time in all of existence. That happens once. Mm -hmm. You'll probably never see that person going through the freaking uh, you know, selling you those bags, selling you that crap again. You've only had one opportunity, and that what's it going to be? Is it going to be, hey, thank you, what's up? Uh, how was your day today, sir? You know, it's a missed opportunity, right? Yeah. Because it, everyone, well, again, my philosophy uh, is that everyone has infinite moral worth. Uh, so, and there, you know, there's controversy in that. Yeah. But you know, I, can I you elaborate on that? Person. What's that? Can you can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So I believe that any individual, and this is a very controversial position, actually. Mm. Most people don't agree with me. Uh, I believe that any single individual is infinitely valuable uh, because of their own mental ideas, like things that they've gone through in life. Mm -hmm. uh, infinitely morally valuable, as in, and this is again where it gets controversial. If, in a scenario, right, you're, you're forced into a room, there's two buttons. One is a button that says, kill that guy, and one is a button that says, kill those 10 people. And you don't know anything about these people. It's a, it's a, this is an experiment, obviously, in philosophy. Which button do you press? Because then, yeah, the one guy. Right, because he's less than the 10. Yeah. Someone that believes in infinite moral worth would refuse to press both, both buttons. You can see and then what's, yeah. what's going to happen? Maybe they all die. You don't know. Maybe you starve to death. It's a yeah. refusal, right? It's also saying this, which is probably the worst. This is where it gets the most criticism. It's saying that the Holocaust was no worse than any individual throughout time being tortured and killed. I see In other words, mean. it's a matter of quality, not quantity. Mm -hmm. Right. So if a hundred people are all tortured and killed the same way that one person was tortured and killed, quantity doesn't matter. Atrocity is atrocity on a moral level. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and once you reach a certain point, in other words, I'm upset about something, seeing something in the news that's very, very bad, not in seeing... 20 people do something really, you know, like, but, but yeah, you understand what I'm getting at here, yeah. right? Yeah. And, uh, and so. I, I kind of, I, I feel like I, I would have to agree with you just because of how, you know, like our mission with the podcast of seeing that we see every, um, every outlook on life as value. Even mm -hmm. if it is a bullshit idea, we, I, I, I believe that everybody's perspective is, can bring value to my life and I can learn from it. And hopefully whoever I'm talking to can learn from it also. So I can yeah. agree with you and, and I, I can see how it can get controversial when you're comparing things to like the Holocaust and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, but at the same time, like you're right, like how can you take atrocity is atrocity. So I, I guess, I mean, I would agree with you. Yeah, when I say infinite, that's the, we can't understand infinity, right? Mm -hmm. So in other words, I say, I'm so upset with any one person being tortured and killed that to me, a hundred people being tortured and killed isn't any worse because that's already one of the worst things that could possibly happen. There's not levels to that. There's not like, if you really think about it, instead of just me saying a person tortured and killed and we talk about the uniqueness of that individual, his family, his story, 
all of time and his family, right? Yeah. All, all these lives leading to him to be tortured and killed in this way. Yeah. It's infinitely horrible. Yeah. And there's, I, no, I, there's no getting around it. We can't comprehend mm -hmm. the infinite horribleness of it. Mm -hmm. So we write it off and say, well, if that happened a hundred times, that's way worse. Yeah. And I can, not, I can also work. see that. And, you know, we're talking about right now, like the value, the moral values of what someone can bring. But I think you can also, when you have morals, you have good and wrong. And I think you can not trying to like make, we can use well, wait, wait, that's, that's, well, well let me finish. Yeah, with my yeah, thought. Ahead, so ahead, I, I don't want to, I'm going to use Adolf as an example that, you know, to an extent you can realize his evil doings in yourself where not saying that I'm Hitler or anything, but that yeah. I, I, I can't remember who said it, but it's like the realization of your own shadow and your own yeah. capabilities of evil doings. And so yeah. when you say people are, have infinite morals of good and they also have infinite morals of evil, which kind of, yeah. when you start looking at people like Hitler or Genghis Khan or some shit or yeah. Stalin, you're like, I can see how people can become that and I can understand yeah. it. And I can also see maybe a bit of that in myself where that there might be an evil within myself. I but, agree completely. And the thing is, so many people try to avoid that or they can't admit it. And the second that you say that, as soon as you say, I'm not evil like them, I could never be. What you're really doing is you're shutting your mind off again. Mm -hmm. And it, it, that's what, again, we're talking about in America, this is our problem, is we come to these points in our head where we're uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And we're so used to seeking comfort above all else that we don't like the idea of uncomfortable thoughts, right? But you have to, right? If you're really going to be a master of yourself, which is essential to all, or the master of the thing is, when you become a master of yourself, you kind of become a master of everyone else's mind as well, um, because you, we're all reflected in each other. Mm -hmm. uh, That's deep. But the thing is, is that, uh, yeah, what I say personally is that we're all infinitely good and infinitely evil, mm -hmm. right? Because first off, just if you say morality was created by humans, we're the only ones that have it. When a dog kills, it's not morally evil, right? It's just yeah. instinct. And no, no one feels icky. You don't feel that, ugh. But when you hear about a mother killing her child, you go, ooh, something's really wrong. Yeah. So, like that feels really bad. Um, I've never been a mother, so I'm not gonna comment on that. Uh, <laughs> but what I will comment on is, until I started to really study philosophy, and come up with good reasons why I should be moral. Prior to that, m my morality was just a measure of me saying things to meet the standard, which was like, oh, of course I won't kill you, buddy. So that way I have friends, which was just self-serving, right? Yeah. <laughs> if I went out and told everybody, I'm willing to kill you if you fuck me over and they can't catch me, you know? Like, like you're not gonna have any friends that way, you know? Uh, yeah. And of course I tell people, I don't like to lie. I'll never, I won't lie to you, buddy, right? Yeah. Because that just, that again, that's self-serving, right? It, mm -hmm. it helps. Um, and, uh, and and again, especially the Marine Corps, and, and I, I didn't kill people because I would have gotten caught, right? There's definitely some people that I probably just would have killed. The thing is, I wouldn't have understood the ramifications of what I was doing yet. Mm -hmm. I, and I would be much more upset later on when I became educated. But again, that's why uh, when you talk about even murderers, I say, okay, I thought that way. If if I thought I could absolutely get away with killing somebody, I would have did it six years ago with people that I really don't like. Mm -hmm.
and that's a fact. And I think a lot of people aren't willing to admit that in themselves because, again, we're, we're treading in an uncomfortable area. Yeah. Like nobody wants to say that. Nobody wants to say, oh, yeah, I'd kill somebody if I get away with it 100 yeah. percent, you know. Um, and maybe maybe I am unique in that. I'm not sure. But uh, n- again, things change with philosophy. And uh, and so now I understand, you know, why I would not kill somebody. Absolutely. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. Man, you know, or maybe you, I'm you, just saying that to make friends, so, right? <laughs> yeah, you're just lying to me. This is all a hoax. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's just a wrap. It's a lot to wrap my head around. Like you're fucking just like I'm trying to be a sponge. Yeah, you, you sound like, it, Yeah, no, it, it goes back to I guess like how you're saying there's infinite good and infinite evil in people, um, and also tying to if you kill ten people or you kill one person, that's or torture 10 people and then torture one person it's equally as bad so what it made me think of is like these people that like Columbine or the guy that went into Colorado and shot up that movie theater you think that they're those they just kind of bought into those thoughts more they bought into the evil side of um, their morality you know like yeah. where, where do you think that turning point is where somebody's like hey I'm going to be a good person or I'm going to be a bad point or is there or is it an t- extended, extended period of time or uh, one significant event could do that to somebody. You know, what's your your view? So I have to say that I can only. So the reason, the way that I appraise other people is in assuming they think exactly like I did at a certain point in my life, mm-hmm. and think about what restrained me. Why wouldn't I? Why didn't I kill somebody seven years ago that I really didn't like? Um, it was because I thought that I would get caught. It's because I thought that I couldn't get away with it. So my answer to your question would be, I think that on some level, they have to supersede that. Either A, they think they won't get caught, which could be due to narcissistic tendencies, but again, we're all narcissists. Uh, but you know, for some reason, more so than I did, they think they can get away with it. And, and honestly, that could just be a lack of education. They might be too stupid to realize they can't get away with it. So really, it could just be education, right? Because it was education that taught me that the cops are probably going to catch me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and how did I learn that? My parents and freaking murder mystery shows on Discovery Channel, okay? <laughs> I said, man, if I'm going to kill somebody, I really can't get away with it. They have some serious forensics here. Yeah. Uh, you know, what if a kid didn't watch the Discovery Channel? And what if his parents sucked, right? Yeah. Then you, I might have killed somebody. Right, mm-hmm. that's where I would say that that gap exists. So it's either A in education. Oh, that second one was educate. So B is education. A is um, they kind of tie together, right? But yeah, because it's pretty much all education. Yeah. You can get away with it. You know what I mean? Or I guess C would be not caring if you're caught. Um, somehow okay. placing an emphasis on what you're doing over what happens to you, right? Which yeah. is in that way, or, or I suppose if you just have a philosoph- philosophical position in which you care more about your legacy than you do where you're at at the moment. Like if you say, I wanna really do something that everyone will remember. Well, you know, a lot of times that's a way to feel immortal. So some people do that yeah. because they, they're remembered forever. And sometimes infamy is, uh, is better than, uh, not being known at all, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's this is a really hard conversation, huh. which is uh, still up to debate with probably you know three fourths of the world when you're talking about you know the moral code that's 
I think undeniable embedded in every single human. You know, even for, from infancy, I think babies can tell, you know, right from wrong. They learn right off the back. There's a moral code that's planted. And, you know, that's where the question of spirit, spirituality and your soul and whether, you know, you start going real deep. It's like, you know, what else is there or, that science can't show yet yeah. about our souls and yeah. our, our spirits? Yeah. Because there's evil and then well, yeah, evil and good or evil and holy, you know, right? Righteousness yeah. and, you know, the darkness. And, yeah. you know, as humans, you know, depending on whatever religion you believe or what you do believe, you know, there's reasons for why humans are like that. Like if we use Christianity, you know, it's like, you know, they, they got the, the eighth apple of uh, the knowledge. Yeah. So, which opened up, I guess... You know, and open their their minds. That's Even if we West, don't look this, that's that's all Western religions. Yeah, because that's that's Old Testament. So, uh, Muslims, Jews, and Christians would believe that. Yeah. So even if you look at it from not you know a concrete whether you believe it or not, but if you just look at it from I guess a philosophical standpoint, when someone gains the knowledge or let's say the moral code of not just good but evil, it's how do we as humans. How much other words? How do we as humans, you know, construct ourselves in the way that, you know, we do good instead of evil? And how it's interesting how I guess you know, cultures and different social forces are at stake that change the moral code. Yeah. In a certain degree, you know. Yeah, we've shifted. Kind of rambling to, right there, but. <laughs> I got you. I got you because I, I can go off right here if you want me to. I uh, this is this is one of the biggest. Um, philosophical discussions that exist. It's the problem of evil, which is uh, if God is omnipotent, mm-hmm. uh, also uh, capable of doing anything, right? Can, uh, all powerful. Is yeah. what it is. Uh, if he's omnipotent and uh, omniscient, which is he knows all, uh, yeah. right? And if he's omnibenevolent, so all good. So if he, if he is those three things, that's the trifecta. If if or this is the trilemma. If he if he is those three things, um, and there is evil in the world, then there can be no God. Is the is the problem of evil the paradox? Uh, yeah, or, or 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 just can there be a God? Because if God knows everything that's happening, and He's capable of changing it, yet doesn't. Then he can't be all good because why? Why would somebody? How how can you be good and yet Let allow evil, that yeah. to happen? You know, so, and I, that's um, I've had this conversation before with my dad. Um, he's a pastor, and we've talked about it. And usually, what we end up getting to because we try as humans, like you said, even from infancy, you're always asking why, 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 and how you know why do these things happen, and what would be the purpose of these things, and I think there comes a point as humans that are, you know, your our brains. If the, someone is omnipotent, omnipotent, omnibenevolent, I don't think us as humans can actually truly understand or even fathom the thought process of of gods. Yeah, you know. So, you know, we're we're looking at it from a human's perspective of all good and all knowing, and then yeah. But I mean, God's brain is not like our brain. No, it's, it's like completely a, yeah. different. We can only fathom it on an individual level. Yeah, yeah. but we yeah, try to answer. Can, it. And but you can't. And there's billions of people on this earth. Yeah, yeah. 
There's about and animals and all this other shit. Fifteen very popular opinions. The one that you're talking about is mystery theodicy, um, which is traced back to the Book of Job, um, in, in which, if you're familiar with it, yeah. uh, Job lives you know a great life, does everything he's supposed to, basically never sins, and he has all of these. Uh, great things like you know his life is good because yeah. this goes back to a, the retributive theory of the Old Testament which is when you do good good things will happen to you like mm-hmm. people believe that directly there's still some people of Christians that say oh if you do good you, you know good things yeah. happen and if you do bad it's because you did something wrong and you deserve it right um, that's that's a, that's old retributive theory so what happens in Job is uh, he, he's been good, he has all these wonderful kids, tons of land, and then there's a conversation in heaven with uh, Ha-Satan. Satan, in this case, well, in, in the old Hebrew, meant uh, adversary. Uh, this is where we get Satan. Yeah. Um, but Ha-Satan actually means adversary. So used in this form in Job, it was actually not a proper noun, it was still a, uh, a uh, um, what is it, common noun? I don't know. Whether. Yeah. <laughs> it's not capital. I didn't go to college. Right? So. <laughs> in other words, he's just talking about the adversary, the person in the um, disagreement of, of yeah. the opposite, in the other in the yeah. other position. So Hasatan says, "God, God's basically saying, look at look at Job. He does all this good stuff, and uh, he's a great representation of what I want in humans, right?" And all the angels are like, "Yeah," but then Satan says. Uh, yeah, but God, how do you know he's doing it um, for you? Maybe he's doing it just because he has all these good things, right? Maybe that's – he says, I bet if you took it all away, he wouldn't worship you anymore. Yeah. So God says – It's a great okay, book. If so basically God kills all his kids, burns down his house, all this crap, gives him horrible pox, so he's just hideous. And, uh, and Job, you know – questions God and assumes there's not a God and all of his friends assume that he did something to wrong God um, so what, what ends up happening is he ends up getting everything back but uh, what, what I'm getting at here is explaining mystery theodicy which is the bottom line of what you said which is we as humans with our limited understanding cannot hope to understand God's position um, from the perspective outside of time is is where he uh, uh, you know exists. He can see life as this picture. So if you think of yourself in God's position, this moment when you're crying and you're sad because I don't know your wife left you, and uh, you know I don't know you, you know you're contemplating suicide, and and you're you're crying, and you, you don't understand why God won't reach out and help you, and that's because. It's like I imagine everybody had one of those cries at some point in their life, right? Mm. Yet you're okay. Well, you need to understand that God can see it all. So any given moment in your life isn't more valuable or important to God than five years ago mm. or ten years from now. Yeah. He sees it all. So in other words, and and it's we only care about the present because we're here right yeah. now, feeling bad. Why look how bad I feel? Why wouldn't somebody help me? Yeah. And it's because again. God sees all. He knows that potentially you're going to make it out of that. Um, or he knows that perhaps your death, yeah. in so doing this, will somehow lead to something greater. Mm-hmm. I mean, in other words, uh, there came a point where marine suicide reached a rate that people said, we have to do something about this, right? Yeah. Let's make some PowerPoints and slides. Well, guess what? 
the 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 last numbers that made that start happening were a good thing probably mm -hmm. because they saved lives because it brought attention to it mm -hmm. so in some instances uh you know even suicide can be a good thing for all of humanity uh you know what i mean yeah, especially when you look at it your, from an outside picture yeah for, well from a perspective outside yeah. of, from god's perspective because mm -hmm. if god wants what is ultimately good in the end then there's a bunch of things that could potentially happen beforehand that seem bad to us at the time. Yeah. But that's because we don't see the whole picture. Yeah, my, my dad used a, a good analogy on it because he was, because I was asking, I was like, well, how did, well, you know, what did God do before he made the planet and, and, and whatnot? And, you know, obviously, like, if you believe in Christianity, then he was like doing fellowship with the, the Trinity. But um, he was saying, he's like, so God exists outside of time. So time started yeah. when he, you know, created the universe. So yeah, yeah, now yeah. you have like, you know, a beginning and then this. So if since he exists outside of the line, like you're yeah. saying, he views the entire line from yes. the beginning, from the start part to the end, whichever, I always whatever say that it's is. like if you, if you take a movie mm -hmm. and you string it out on a line, all, all the scenes, right? Mm -hmm. You can see any of those parts mm -hmm. at any time. And they're That's all a good happening. Way, yeah. And they're all equally important to you. Every part of the story every piece of it makes the story it makes this you know masterpiece right yeah but guess what sometimes in those stories somebody has to like die right to yeah. create a the certain, whole the whole movie yeah, like yeah. something to happen which results in a greater end mm -hmm. you know perhaps uh perhaps the holocaust and the geneva conventions that came after it um, due to World War II, as well as the United Nations, uh, you know, forming laws against things like uh, uh, alliances where, where this multipolar world where, you know, all these countries have power and, uh, you know, if one goes to war with another one, then all their allies join. Yeah, yeah. And that's how that happens is everybody has these like alliances. Um, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got a question for you. I don't know where we're so perhaps the Holocaust prevented something worse mm -hmm. down the line. Yeah, I got a question. Um, I know cause we are coming close up in like an hour, but I, so we got to like go pretty fast on this. But like, so do you believe in because we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast. Do you believe in predestination that you, that you have a destiny to fulfill and like your story is already uh, written and you're just, you know, a role in the play? Or, yeah. do, you, or well, do you think of? It's, it's an interesting thing. First, I'll start with um, a lot of people have a problem with this simply because they feel as though their free will is infringed upon mm -hmm. because God yeah. can already see what you're going to do. The truth is that, yes, God does know what you're going to do and see it. The thing is, though, is that doesn't affect your free will. It doesn't, it doesn't follow that because he already knows what you're going to do, he somehow decided you were going to do it, right? Mm -hmm. In other words, he just knows the decisions that you will make. Yeah. It, uh, it, you're not, in a way, too, from God's perspective, e even from God's, it, it doesn't follow that it's destined. Yeah. It just means he already sees your choices. Um, How I, it, um, do you think you can veer? Do you think you, if you, you know, you, you have this pre-owned, or well, kind of, you kind of just said it because you said that uh, he already knows the kind of decisions you're going to make when you're putting in a certain situation. Um, mm -hmm. But we've also had the whole thing with predestination where it's like, okay, uh, if you chose to go, it's more of a butterfly effect. If you chose to go route A instead of route B, um, yeah. then you're going to, you know, wind up in two different completely directions. Yeah. You know, and I so, think that's where the idea of the free will um, being taken away comes from. 
Well, again, it's not. Um, the thing is, is God can see both directions. Yeah, that's how so, I try to look at yeah, it. Like he so, can see all the yeah, parallel universes, the yeah, infinite amount of parallel universes. So yes. he knows every option available. Mm -hmm. Right. He knows Infinite. all of them. It, it, it's just we have a trouble conceptualizing. Yeah, it's like fathoming, like fathoming your whole thing. He knows every possible eventuality of every decision that everyone could make all at once. He knows it all. He so if you take like Einstein's time, you know, pull multi like different universes that stretch off from every moment that gets yeah. into the butterfly effect. God sees the end of each of those strings. Yet there's one that's highlighted red, and yeah. that's the one that you're going to choose. Right. Mm -hmm. But to God, it doesn't really because he sees every. So here here's where I get fucked up a little bit is <laughs> um, so Christian. Right. A little Christ. Uh, the idea is that um, when we die, we kind of go into that state as well. Uh, Eastern religions would say that we kind of combine with the oneness uh, and kind of become um will one with all and therefore we've kind of become all-knowing uh, and even Christians say okay um, we go to heaven and a lot of times people think that we can see um, from the perspective outside of time uh, ex nihilum eternitas I think well I know uh, like if after the rapture I think there's some like scripture that says you know we're supposed to get a new uh, after the, the thousand years Mm -hmm. um, after the rapture where like the devil breaks free and reigns over the earth and then when we come down from heaven we're supposed to have new bodies and yeah. from what I've been told it's like when you when we obtain these new bodies we, we obtain new brains that can be able to fathom you know the thoughts of of God I guess yeah well two things and again we're running out of time so I'm not gonna go too far down this path mm -hmm. but you can't actually take the Bible literally you can't mm -hmm. I, I can show you um, where it contradicts itself uh, where there are, there, I mean, there's two, there's two creation stories in the first, um, you know, ten pages of Genesis. Mm -hmm. So if, if you take it literally, which one happened? Did mm -hmm. were we made on the first day, and did we come out of uh, dust, and to dust we will return, and uh, and man, you know, was made, yeah. or were we made on the seventh day um, after all the animals and everything? Uh, because in that one creation story, it says um, God created man and saw that he was good and said okay well man needs something to hang out with let's make some animals yeah right and he's like oh here come the animals uh and he made them for man in which man was first yeah but the thing is, is just because it contradicts itself what does it actually say mm -hmm. it's saying because what's what's true about both first and last that they're important in a story the beginning and the end are important so really the Bible's just pointing to something higher than the first day and the seventh day. It's pointing to importance, right? Mm -hmm. um, because uh, just because something is not a fact does not make it true. Yeah, um, which that can, go, that can go real deep on that. <laughs> yeah, I don't wanna go too far that way, but, uh, but that's what the Bible is. And if we need to talk about it sometime, I can probably talk for hours just about that. Um, yeah. And it, it doesn't matter that that's the case either. That pisses Christians off, some Christians off real fast. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. You just have to think about it differently. That's fine. Mm -hmm. um, it's still all true. It's mm -hmm. just not all a fact. Yeah. Uh, I guess so, some people you say like what's important are the like the essentials of faith, which another conversation. But holy shit, yeah. dude, that was that, was that an hour? Good. Yeah, that was good. Dude, we just burned through an hour like fucking. Dude, that was good. Like I think I said like, I think I said ten words. I was just sitting here. I was just taking. I, I saw you soaking up. But here's the thing, though. I noticed about you, you are freaking like you. You think 
this is good. You think before you talk, yeah. and every time you said something, it was profound and good shit. Yeah. The, uh, the freaking um, prayer. That was good. That, I mean, that was right on. That was what we were talking about, but also taking some thinking to get there. So you were, I could tell you were fucking, you know, burning it in. Yeah. Every yeah. time you spoke, it was good shit. Um, dude, I mean, you sound like you, you sound like you've done a lot of soul searching definitely since obviously the last time I saw you, which yeah, was like sure. five or six years ago, five years yeah. ago. So, um, we're going to have to do this again. Sometime, yeah. I, do, sure. I want, I, we didn't even get to talk about <laughs> what we were going to talk about. Right. What was the theory? Yeah, I know. I know. But that's um, just how it goes. You start, I don't know, just kind of, you spiral off on, yeah. the, on the, you know, the, we also switched what we were talking about about five or six times and yeah, like that, that left happens. one that path happens. and like went down another one and never got back to the first one. Yeah. So. No, but I think honestly, I mean, that was probably one of the most educational podcasts we've done. Um, I, I got a lot out of it and I yeah, definitely good. want to have you back on because there's more things I would want to talk about, especially, you know, uh, facts and truths and how that can get. For sure, know, confusing. Yeah. I guess yeah. to some. Just let me know. I, I mean, I love doing this stuff, and again, philosophy is kind of my passion now. Yeah. So I and I enjoy talking about it. And as I told you, I think that um, the key is education. The key to uh, your question of why does the why does somebody this mass murderer kill everyone? I think is because he thinks he can get away with it, or he thinks by doing it, it's more important to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the guys, for the Marines, the twenty-one a day, uh, I think that. Um, this sort of thing helps answer some questions mm-hmm. that that some people have. You know, I think they really just need some. Some people need to be told. Some Marines need to be told. Um, what you're feeling is okay, and yeah. everyone's feeling it. You know, and uh, and your your perspectives are okay. You know, just because you think differently than another person, that's what makes you beautiful. Yeah. And uh, this sort of thing isn't something we could say in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's just one of those things. And if anybody, you know, if some staff sergeant wants to get at me for my creativity, they can come knock on my door and I'll fuck them up. Um, you know, I got no problem with that. Yeah. So, well, Loma, um, where can um, where can people find you? You know, give give a couple of plugs for yourself on your Twitch or uh, whatever is going I mean, on with your life right now. Because I'm not freaking doing yeah, it right now. You know, uh, you probably should just Twitter me Dang. at Russ Loam R U S S L O W M. So that's my first name and third name uh, kind of combined together with Russ Loam. Uh, and then, because I'll post there whenever I do do my Twitch, but yeah. I guess you can still find some of my old shit on Twitch using the same names. So this is easy. Yeah. Russ Loam, R-U-S-S-L-O-W-M. Search on Twitch. You'll see it. My old shit's there. You can follow me. Eventually, I'll end up back on there. I've just taken a little break. Part of the problem, and another thing we could talk about for an hour, because I don't really like any of the games that are coming out right now. Like, <laughs> and, and that's there's nothing I've thought about it. it's like I want to I want to stream it's like okay what are you going to play and I'm like mm. yeah you got to have the right game I know yeah. otherwise you're faking it it's like a lie you're like you're just there to make money and stream you're not there to love what you're playing you know so well alright let's let's wrap this up I'm going um, to stop this recording thanks again for coming thanks on I, I want you to come on again uh, I'm just going to stop the recording on the, the video thing but. hey guys hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did had some great knowledge we listened to it was very enthusiastic we'll have a returning guest coming eventually but in the meantime please tune into our social media pages uh facebook youtube instagram life as wki on instagram and you can follow our links from there thanks